Welcome to Anil Arana Live. Recorded live during his missions around the world, these podcasts feature audio sermons and reflections from internationally renowned preacher and retreat leader Anil Arana. For more audio podcasts, video sermons, and articles, please visit www.hsiweb.org or www.anilarana.com. Good evening. I've had a wonderful year so far, and every month seems to get better and better. And nowadays, all I do is feel power around me, and it is an amazing thing to walk in that power. To know that the moment you stand in front of people and start to declare the word of God, healings start to take place. People are set free and everyone is blessed. What an awesome thing it is to have that kind of power at your disposal. How did this come about? Twelve years ago, um, when I had a conversion experience and returned to Jesus. I went into my prayer room one day and I started to talk to the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit. And I said, send me someone I can be like. And very quietly, he said, you don't need to be like anybody else except Jesus. Be like Jesus. And since then, all I have tried to do in my life is to be like him, to walk like him, to talk like him. And as I journeyed on this path to be like him, I realized that I could become like him, pure and holy, could become like him, a person of love, tremendous, tremendous love and compassion. And increasingly, I've come to discover that I can also be like Jesus in the terms of the power that he wielded. And my guide through this journey has been the Holy Spirit, who, through the prophet Isaiah, declared about Jesus, the Spirit of the Lord shall be upon him. The Spirit of wisdom and understanding, the Spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and a fear of the Lord and the spirit of piety. And if you want to be like Jesus, and I hope that every one of you who is sitting here wants to be like him, please tell me you do. What you need is this same spirit that rested upon Jesus. Amen. Today, I'm going to do something very special with you, but in order to bring you to the understanding of this power, I'm going to have to tell you a few stories that you've known from the past. And the reason I tell you these stories is because they're already connected in your mind. So I don't have to tell you everything all over again. Is that okay with you? But before I do that, I need you to do something, okay? I need you to stand up. I need you to open your minds. And how do you do that? I need you to just tell Jesus, open my mind. Can you say that to him? 
I need you to open your heart. And I need you to ask Jesus for help here too. As you say, Jesus, open my heart. And now I want you to raise your hands high up in the air. Straight up in the air. And with all the power that you're capable of saying it. Say, Hallelujah. 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 Beautiful, please be seated. You know, if you had sung the way you just said that hallelujah, I wouldn't need to do this with you. And when we are going to sing at the end of this session, I want every mouth to open and I want every hand to be raised as we sing to God. Because in the praise is power. And I'm telling you, the moment those hands lift up, I know I went to Australia and I made priests do this. And this priest did it. And at the end he said, you know what? I felt liberated. Now, when you raise your hands, you feel liberated, don't you? Look at that. It's so awesome. All right. <clears throat> How many of you bought a gadget recently in the last one year or so? Any kind of gadget? A television or a telephone or a microwave or a dishwasher or a table fan or anything? Raise your hands. The rest of you didn't buy anything. Why? you? Never, never mind. Okay, never mind. I, I'm a gadget guy and I keep buying gadgets. And... I've noticed that every gadget comes with a manual, right? And sometimes it's a very thick manual. And what I've also noticed is that most people don't look at the manual beyond seeing how to turn that gadget on. And the moment they've got it turned on, that's it. That's the end of the manual. I mean, you never take a second look at it. True? Everyone's nodding their head. Good. I'm glad you're in agreement with me. There is nothing a speaker likes more than to have people in agreement with him. Now, the problem is when you use a gadget without looking at the manual, unless it's a table fan, there's a chance you're not using that gadget to its full potential. I've known guys who have spent about 4,000 dirhams buying the latest Nikon camera, okay? And they turn it on and put it on auto. And for the life of me, I can't figure out why you'd want to waste 4,000 dirhams on a camera when you can buy a 100 dirham camera that does the same thing. Aim and click. Yes? Now, unfortunately, it is, I know, many of you have bought cameras recently and you're saying, I know, that's what I do. Never mind. I don't care if you don't look at the manual of your camera or the manual of the dishwasher that you bought or any other manual. The manual I really want you to look into is the manual of God. It's a powerful manual because it teaches you things that, let you walk in power. Let you walk in the light. Let you walk knowing that you're somebody special. And what I want you to do from now on is to kind of open that manual and ask the Spirit of God for a few things. Now I'm going to read you a verse. And <clears throat> I have your permission to do something different with you today. 
So what I'm going to do is ask you to look at the verse before I read it. Just read it for a minute, okay? And think about what this author, who's Paul, is trying to say. Ephesians chapter 1, 17 to 19. Read it. Now read it loudly. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give, give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people and his incomparably great power for those of us who believe. This is the word of God. Why do you say that? Go on. <clears throat> I'm friendly today, so you can, you can share with me. Why do you say thanks be to God? Because in the word... Is the formula for living a life of abundance. You know, Jesus said, I come that they might have life and life in abundance. Now, I want this verse to remain there for the duration of this teaching. And I want you to think about it deeply. The first prayer that Paul makes is for the spirit of wisdom and revelation to come upon people. Now, very often I ask somebody why they don't read the Bible and they say, because when they read it, they don't understand it. It's true for many of you here, right? That you read it and it just doesn't make sense to you, all these things that God is saying. And of course it will not make sense to you. Because as the prophet Isaiah also says, speaking for God, my thoughts are not your thoughts and your ways are not my ways. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my thoughts higher than your thoughts and my ways higher than your thoughts than your ways. So how on earth do you expect us, insignificant creatures, to understand the thoughts of God? The only way you can understand it is if you have the spirit of wisdom. Because the spirit of wisdom lets you get into the mind of God. And when you understand the mind of God, then you can understand the words of God. So whenever you read the Bible or whenever you start to come for a teaching like this, ask God in advance to give you the spirit of wisdom. Can we ask him for the spirit of wisdom now? Because I want you to understand every word that is spoken here tonight. Say, God, God. please give me the spirit of wisdom. Even though I might be very stupid. Y'all are so sweet. Y'all will say anything I ask you to say, no? <laughs> well, that's all right. Don't, don't worry about it. <clears throat> Sometimes we think we're stupid, okay? It's a fact. And people have this habit of making us feel stupider than we are. True? Yeah, workplaces, friend circles. You know, some, some people have this habit of making you think you're, you're a total dummy. Now, if you really think you're stupid, what do you do about getting wisdom? 
Once again, God says, if any of you lacks wisdom, not earthly wisdom, earthly wisdom is stupidity. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask the Father and the Father will give them wisdom. And all of you just ask for wisdom, which means all of you have received it. So turn to the person next to you and say, you're very wise. Thank you. Thank you. Now let me explain. Let's, let me explain how this works by telling you a few stories that I've told you in the past. But for those of you who are new, don't worry because this is a story I'm repeating again. The apostles used to walk in great power, right? Just like uh, this ministry is walking in great power now. And because they were working miracles as they walked in power, people came with all kinds of problems to the apostles. And the apostles, for the best part, did some pretty awesome things. Until one day, this father took his son to the apostles and told them to cure him because he had some kind of a problem. Maybe with a demon. Now the apostles were used to working miracles, so they kind of figured that they'd work a miracle this time too. Except this time when they worked the miracle, they tried to work the miracle, nothing happened. So they prayed with greater fervency, you know, saying in the name of Jesus. And it just kept getting louder and louder and louder and nothing happened. So the father finally got fed up with the 12 apostles and said, forget about these guys. I'm going to their boss. So they go to Jesus and Jesus with a single word said, demon, get out. And instantly that boy was set free. The apostles, of course, were very embarrassed, I imagine. And they went to Jesus afterwards when nobody was around, and said, so how did you do that, and how couldn't we do that? And Jesus, to their face, said, because you don't have faith. Think about it for a minute, because this is very relevant to what I have to say here tonight. And then he continued, and he said to them, if you have faith as small as the mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and the mountain will move. Now imagine you're in the place of the apostle. I need you to really think about this. You have been walking in power. You have been working miracles. You have been healing the sick. You have been kicking out demons. And yet Jesus says you don't have faith. What does that mean? And then he says, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can tell mountains to move and mountains will move. And the apostles have to wonder, don't I have faith as small as a mustard seed? Why is Jesus telling me that? And I'm asking you the same question. Because Jesus says to you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, there can be any situation in your life, any problem, huge one, big one, any challenging circumstances that you are facing and God is saying, you can just say to the problem, move away, and the problem will move away if you have faith as small as a mustard seed. But you see a problem it's still there, right in front of you, as big as ever, and nothing has moved. So what is wrong? Wisdom begins by asking questions. I want to repeat that. Wisdom begins by asking questions. Another verse related to this one that I quote very often is from John 14, 12, where Jesus says to his apostles, I tell you the truth, if anyone has faith in me, he will do what I have been doing. And then he says, no, he will do greater things than these because I'm going to the Father. Now, we all know what Jesus did, right? 
He made the blind see. He made the deaf hear. He made the lame walk. He walked on water. He multiplied fish and loaves. He brought the dead back to life. He's talking to the apostles, but he's not saying you guys. He's saying, if anyone has faith in me, he will do what I have been doing. No, he will do even greater things than these because I'm going to the Father. I'm going to be sitting at his right hand. And whatever people with faith ask, I will tell my Father to do and he will do it. Now the question is, and it's a real question, and I want you to think about it without embarrassment, okay? If Jesus says that if anyone has faith, they will work miracles, then why don't we work miracles? You see the question? It can have only two answers. The first answer could be Jesus is a liar. Is Jesus a liar? So throw that one out. It leaves you with the second answer, and that is we don't have faith. Are you with me? Now this is what has been changing the entire church since the beginning of this year because this ministry is spearheading a revival like the world has not seen before, and I'm not exaggerating. We will have schools of discipleship in every country around the world in five years. And one of the reasons for this revival is because we're making people understand that what they think is their faith is actually not the faith at all. Is everybody still with me? So what is the faith you're required to have? I'm not changing the gospel. I'm not changing any truths. I'm just telling you to change the way you look at the truths you have been believing in. Truth number one. The only condition for salvation is to believe, repent, and be baptized. Yes or no? But what is it that you believe in? And what is it that baptism achieves? That is what determines your faith. Now listen to this. I've said this before, but I need to say it again because I want all of us to be on the same playing field. Imagine this hall is divided into two, okay? This side is the world where the devil rules. This side is heaven where God rules. This side is the? Say it together. Who rules here? Very good. This side is? Aren't you lucky you're sitting on this side? I thought so. And who rules here? Okay. When we are baptized, Jesus comes from heaven to the world. He's crucified. We are crucified with him. When he dies, we die with him. When he rises to new life, we rise to new life with him here in heaven. And if you want to walk in power, you need to remember that you are born again. Don't let your allergy to our non-Catholic brothers sour you from the words born again. Because you need to be and you are born again here, and here is where the power is. And the wisdom is when you understand that, that you actually are here, 
and then you come to the spirit of revelation, which is also the spirit of understanding, you understand that over here, everything is different. And when you understand that, it's like light bulbs popping in your head, you know? My goodness me, I am living in heaven where the supernatural is possible, where the extraordinary happens all the time. Why on earth am I living over there, stuck in that dirty world, struggling with my pain and my grief and my angst and all kinds of things that the world brings upon us? Why do I need to stay here when I can move over to the other side and start living with power? Revelation. Is it opening? Light bulbs in your head. This is what Paul is saying. You need to ask for wisdom to be able to understand all this. And revelation to make it come like, ooh. And you know what? When I read scripture and I get those light bulbs coming on, it is the most amazing experience of my life. And when I was reading this passage, light bulbs went everywhere. And so I had to teach it to you. And by the end of this session, I'm telling you, your lives are going to be extraordinary. Say amen. amen. You're going to see miracles here, but you are the ones who are going to work them. Say amen again. Amen. Understanding? You know what I'm trying to do next? Answer the next prayer that Paul makes. May give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. Who is God? Don't answer. Don't answer. God loves you. You know that? All of you know that. Not only does he love you, he wants you to know him. Not know about him. Okay? There's a difference between knowing about somebody and knowing him. Now, many of you who have not heard me before have kind of said, heard about me, right? And because you've heard about me, you think you know me, but you know nothing about me. Let me tell you that. You will get to know me only if you spend time with me. Come face to face and talk to me and ask me, you know, what food I like. I hate vegetables, by the way. Right? And you will discover these things about me that you will never otherwise discover, you know, if you just hear about me. If you hear about me, I don't know, you'll hear stuff like, Oh, he's such an arrogant preacher. I mean, you know, he, you know, he boasts all the time. And uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure that's what people say about me. I mean, that's, those are some of the better things that people say about me. I've heard worse, but never mind all that. We know about God by what preachers have told you, by what other people have told you. God doesn't want you to learn what other preachers have told you about him. God wants you to know him intimately and that is one more reason why we need the spirit of wisdom and understanding because then you really get to discover God that's the first thing I'm going to return to this later the second part I pray that the eyes of your heart open when those light bulbs start popping in your head then something else starts to happen to your heart the fire starts to burn there because when you start understanding scripture you know something warm and wonderful starts to take place within your soul. And I remember the story of the apostles when they were on the way to Emmaus and Jesus joined them and they didn't recognize him. And he kept explaining the scriptures to them. And only afterwards, when they knew it was Jesus, they said to each other, hey, didn't our hearts burn as he explained scripture to us? 
And that is what is happening to you now. Do you realize it? Do you realize that as the word of God is coming out to you, your heart is starting to burn, that there is something nice and warm and wonderful happening to you? And when that happens, when your mind and your heart kind of make a connect, then your will gets enabled to start to do the things that God wants you to do. And God wants you to do some very amazing things. Say amen. amen. Time for another hallelujah. Let's stand up. <clears throat> you know, you want miracles? It takes place in this hallelujah. Truly. Pains, you will notice them before you sit down, just move your bodies, and you will see the pains disappear just in this hallelujah. Because in this hallelujah is power, is the power of God himself, because we're glorifying him. You'll find cancer disappearing during this hallelujah. You'll find bondages shattering during this hallelujah. You'll find anointing flowing during this hallelujah. And understand that as your minds are open and as your hearts are already open, just know there is nothing separating you from the power of God. So, hallelujah. Eighteen people healed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Twenty-three people set free. Hallelujah. God is blessing the others. He's asking them, open your hearts wide and just believe. Don't doubt. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 24 more. Hallelujah. 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 Praise the Lord. Please be seated. Do you feel the power? <laughs> you know, now when I preach, I don't even tell people to believe. I say, my faith is enough for all of you. <laughs> you got to be like that. And tonight I'm going to teach you how to be like that. Do you want to be like that? Good. Let's move on to... I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you might know the hope to which he has called you. Now we're looking at three important things. Hope to which he has called you. The riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. And his incomparably great power. Hope. I want to talk a little about hope. Some of you work here, right? And why do you work hard? Some of you work very hard. Why do you work hard? You work hard so in the hope that that hard work 
will pay off in an increment or a bonus or a promotion, right? Let us imagine you lose your job, as many of you have lost your jobs. What keeps you going? The hope that you will get another job, a better job, right? Imagine that I take away this hope from you of getting a job at all. What happens? I paralyze you. You're incapacitated. You will sit at home and you'll vegetate because you have no hope. Without hope, a person really gets demoralized and destroyed. And if I were to take your hope of any kind of joy, I basically would have killed you. And that's what the world is doing to us today. How is the world doing this to us? By the things that it does. Our bodies are racked in pain. We fall sick. We're ill. There is terrorism around the world. There are wars. Children are born deformed. We feel unfulfilled. We feel empty. We feel sad. We have really so many problems that beset us. And in many of us, hope is dying. I'm saying it to your faces because... I believe in being honest because when we're honest, God can do something. He cannot do anything if we're not honest. Couples, husbands and wives are divorcing. I know there are people sitting over here who are going through severe marital issues. Your children don't believe in the faith anymore, which is small compared to the fact they don't believe in you anymore. We struggle with addictions of all kinds, and basically everything is going to the dogs. Yes, no? Jesus says hope. Hope in what? Hope that this is temporary. That very soon he's going to return. And a lot of people don't believe in that, which is why a lot of people don't pray for that. And I can't remember the last time I've gone to a prayer meeting where somebody said, Jesus, come soon. Maybe we're afraid that he will come soon and we will lose our miserable lives in a miserable world. And for the life of me, I can't imagine why anybody would want to live a miserable existence in a miserable world. Can you? I don't know. I like living here. It's a happy life in a happy world. It's a powerful life in a world where God reigns and he lives right beside me every moment. And this is the hope to which God is calling us to that I want you to understand here. A hope of perfect bodies. I'm going to read a few scripture verses to you, okay? Uh, don't be intimidated by them. But our citizenship is in heaven and from it await a savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body to be like his glorious body by the power that enables him even to subject all things to himself. Every ailment, every pain, every sickness, every disease, everything that is nasty that happens to our bodies, no more. But when is that going to happen? After he comes, he he has already come. He's already taken us to the other side. And maybe we will attain only the completeness of this healing. But your bodies are already healed. Everybody. No, no, no. Again. 
When you say amen, you're basically telling Jesus, I agree with what you're saying. You don't say amen, you're telling him, hey, you know, I kind of am not sure about that. And if you say you're not sure about that, you're going to leave here just the same way you came here. And I don't like that, okay? I don't like anyone to be sick. I also don't like anyone to hunger, which brings me to the second thing. We have hope in perfect provision. Listen to what scripture says. They shall hunger no more, nor thirst anymore. The sun shall not strike them, nor any scorching heat. For the lamb in the midst of the throne will be their shepherd, and he will guide them to springs of living water. There will be no poverty, no lack, no scarcity, no looking for a job, no lack of money, no nothing. When perfection comes. But when is that? Later? No. It's already here on this side. Our God is an awesome God. He reigns. Our God is an awesome God. He reigns. Stop. So, get to the understanding, the revelation that what Jesus is promising is going to be yours. has already started to become yours. So start to declare these truths in Jesus' name and see how things start to change in your lives. Are you listening to me, church? Good. One more. It is the hope of perfect harmony. Okay. He shall judge between the nations and they shall decide disputes for many peoples and they shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nations shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore. So much of hatred in the world. Forget about what ISIS is doing. Forget about what Boko Haram is doing. We're doing it to one another. God is saying enough. Get out from the mark. And get into my kingdom. And my kingdom will be perfect. And there will be a time you will not see war anywhere. But you can start ending wars right now. I'm telling you when I preach I see peace coming into people. I see joy coming into people. I see harmony coming into people. I see relationships being restored. I see people losing the sense of hatred they had for one another. And starting to love each other again. And this is what God is saying starts to happen the moment you're here. So even though Jesus is saying all this will happen later, later has already begun now. Everybody with me? Do you want an end to warfare? End to hatred? End to to violence, especially in your homes? End to abuse? Verbal, physical, all this rubbish that we keep taking from our spouses and from our friends? No more. Shall we declare it now? No more. No more violence. No more hatred. No more discord. Only love. Only joy. Only harmony. Only peace. God is working. I'm going to be going over my time today. Is that all right with you? You sure? It is the hope of perfect authority. Okay? The one who conquers and who keeps my works until the end, to him I will give authority over the nations and he will rule them with a rod of iron as when earthen pots are broken to pieces, even as I myself have received authority from the Father. 
You know, when God created us, he made us powerful people. Did you know that? We could go to the lion and the tiger and we could say, nice pussycat, and they would do nothing to us. Did you know that? We could command things. We could name things. We could do everything that God did. Did you know that? Did you know that? Really? We lost it when we went there. But we got it back when we came here. And this is what you need to understand. All of you are afraid of dogs and cats and rats and cockroaches. These are people that God gave you command over. So the next time you see a rat, don't go running away. I'm going to leave a whole lot of cockroaches here next week and want to see how many of you kind of start to jump from your chairs and run for your lives. I can see some of the women already saying, my God, this preacher really is mad. But that's all right. You don't need to be afraid of anything anymore because God has given you authority and that is authority you need to claim. Amen? Amen. All right. I'm going to move very fast now because I'm running out of time. It is the hope of perfect satisfaction. And he said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will give from the spring of the water of life without payment. All your needs will be met. When Jesus returns, but what is to come later has already started now. And finally, I'm not going to look at scripture here. He's given us the hope of total Christ-likeness. That when Christ comes, we will become just like him. But we don't need to wait for him to come to become like him. We become like him the moment we start to live in heaven. And then everything that is God's becomes ours. Everybody with me? Has this been easy to understand? Yes? No zombies here at all? Okay. Thank God. If you didn't understand, ask one of those who did. Because it's vital that you really go home knowing every single thing that I've spoken about today. We move on. Okay? Now I want you to participate a little bit. I'm going to take just two minutes on this. And I need you to tell me what this means. Go back to the first verse. The riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. Say that together with me. The riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. Somebody tell me what that means. He's given you wisdom and he's given you understanding. Tell me what that means. Quickly. Don't be afraid of a wrong answer. Anybody. The riches of his glorious inheritance. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. What does that mean? No. Do you see what he says? That we're all blessed with riches. Do you believe that? That's not what this verse is saying. We often think that this verse means the inheritance of riches we have received. But what this verse is saying is the inheritance of riches that God has received. That we are his riches. We are his inheritance. We are his treasure. Many times we feel worthless. We feel useless. We think that God looks at us and sees only rubbish. But in this verse, you can see that God looks at you and sees the most amazing, beautiful, wonderful people he has ever seen. And that is what I want you to understand, especially the youngsters over here. So often they come to me for counseling and say, I have low self-esteem. Hey, 
God thinks you're dynamite. I think you're dynamite. Forget about me though. God thinks that you're amazing. And so look at yourself in the mirror. All of you, not just the kids, because the adults also sometimes suffer from self-esteem and think they're useless people. God believes that you are special. God believes you're beautiful. God believes you're wonderful. God believes you're amazing. And he considers you his riches, his inheritance. And just think about that and wonder about that. And that's when not only did light bulbs start to go in my head and my heart started to get warm, my entire body started to get on fire because I said, God thinks so highly of me. How dare I think lowly of myself. And so whenever I look at myself, I see what God sees. And you know what that is? Somebody who is really extraordinarily wonderful and beautiful. And that's what he sees when he sees you. You think you're useless? Good for nothing? Only human? Don't ever let me hear you say that, by the way. It makes me very angry. You know how many times you say, I'm only human, what can I do? You know what it means to be human? It means to be like God. Because God created us in his image and his likeness. Yes, no? And that is what it means to be human, to be like God. So don't ever say only human again. Say, I am human. I am made in the image and likeness of God. And when you start saying that often enough, you just might start believing it. Because it is true. And you need to believe that. Amen? Amen. And now we come to the last part. And his incomparably great power given to every single one of us. Hey, are you donkeys or are you men? Or women. See? Women and the men? Men? Not donkeys? Nobody's a donkey here? You sure? God says you have power. You have power? Say you have power. You have what? Seriously? See how you all moved? You said power and it's like flowering. <laughs> Nothing's going to happen. You're going to still walk here in the world. I have power. I have lots of power. I'm the light of the world. See a little matchstick in my hand. Say pretty light, pretty light. Oh, light went off. Oh, dear. Never mind. I'll light another light. Push. I'm the light of the world. Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit? That this power that raised Jesus from the dead, as the next verse says, this power that sat him at the right hand of God, this power resides in you. And you dare to walk again like a cockroach. Forget about being afraid of them. We walk in the world like them, apologizing for our existence. Paul is saying 
that the power of the mighty God, His incomparably great power resides in you. The power of the Holy Spirit is in you. You declare things and they have to happen. Because the same spirit that is in you is the spirit that was in Jesus when he walked upon this earth in great power. When he said demons flee, demons had to flee because he declared that with his mouth, with his tongue. Many, many years ago, God created this entire universe by breathing out his power through the words that he spoke. The words we say affect who we are, affect the world around us. When you keep calling your husband a drunkard, when you keep calling your wife a glutton, when you keep telling your children they're good for nothing, you're making them these things because your words have power. Instead of declaring these things, start declaring things of faith. Declaring things like my husband's wonderful and he loves me so much. My children are smart and beautiful. Start declaring these things about your friends. Start declaring these things about the church instead of saying this priest is useless and his homilies are boring. Say this priest is a wonderful man of God and his homilies touch my heart. And see how those things start to come into being because you have that power within you. Why do you think my sermons have so much of power? Because it's all about telling people what they are. Telling people they're healed. Not saying, you're sick, let me pray over you. And Oh God, you're going to heal this person. Be healed in the name of Jesus. Be set free in the name of Jesus. He's here in our midst. And he's still working miracles as he did 2,000 years ago. And as he did before that in the time of Moses and Joshua and Abraham. This is a God who's still alive. And this is a God who's still moving in our midst. And this is a God who's, I'm telling you, burning fires within your souls. Can you feel it? Walk out of here with power. And now we're going to ask the choir to come. And this time when we say, may the weight of your glory come upon us. Don't just wait for a little feather to land on your shoulder. Wait for the awesome, mighty, grand and glorious power of our wonderful God to descend upon us. And I'm telling you, when that weight comes upon you. He will start to do the most amazing things in your lives. Say amen. amen. All right, let's all stand. And I want us to sing. Father God, I make Paul's prayer for all your children here tonight. I pray that you bless us with the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Bless us with the spirit of counsel and might. Bless us with the spirit of knowledge and a fear of the Lord and the spirit of love, the spirit of piety that will make us like Jesus. We all know that we belong in heaven. And we all moved over to this side. And on this side, we know that we have already been given this Holy Spirit and He's like this menorah, this candlestick with seven shoots and we ask for these shoots which are gifts wisdom, understanding, counsel, might, knowledge a healthy fear of you and love to just saturate our beings and we believe Lord that as this happens 
we will start to move we will start to work we will start to talk we will start to think and we will start to act just like Jesus because what he had is what we have as well spirit of the sovereign lord come open your heart Sovereign Lord. Spirit of the Sovereign Lord, come and make your presence known, reveal the glory of the living God. Open your hearts and your minds and sing it again. Spirit of the Sovereign Lord, he's here. Spirit of the Sovereign Lord, come and make your presence Make your presence known, Lord, in the midst of your glory of the living God. One more time. Spirit of the sovereign Lord, come and make your presence known, reveal the glory of the living God. Let the way.
receive God. This is what it's like after the storm. Feel the peace start to settle over you like a feather blown down and the wind coming to rest on you. The feathers like liquid starts to move over you, over your bodies, into you, into your hearts and your minds your souls and your lives and this is the living water Jesus says will become in you a spring that leads to eternal life let the water wash you and bring the fruit of God into you love, joy, peace patience kindness, goodness, gentleness faithfulness and self-control And as you continue to walk in the Spirit, you start to walk as an apostle. And that is who you are. You are the last apostles of the last age. Be Jesus to a world that doesn't know Him. And bring love into a world that only knows hate. I bless you all in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you for listening to this coverage. We hope it has blessed you. For more great content, visit our website, www.hsiweb.org, and kindly consider supporting the work we do. God bless you.